Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Speaking of music festivals, Glastonbury starts today. And if you've ever been there, you might have learned the hard way that it doesn't take place in Glastonbury at all. It's actually in a village nine miles away. As vicar of Glastonbury, David McKeoke spends a lot of his time every June redirecting people. Afternoon, David. Good afternoon. Uh, so have people started arriving already? They have, yeah. Cars are streaming in. People are stepping out with rucksacks and boots because sadly it's starting to rain here. Ah, right. And uh, as what seems to happen every year, are people arriving in the village and then realising they're in the wrong place? <laughs> well, they're trying to go to a village and they arrive in the town here in Glastonbury and realise that they've got another nine miles to go to the little village of Pilton. Right. So why is it called the Glastonbury Festival then? That's a very good question. I think Glastonbury is a place that lots and lots of people have come to visit over the centuries uh, and is a well-known town. It's a town of pilgrimage. And I think the uh, people who run it, who are Michael Evers and his family, felt that Glastonbury has a bit more of a pull. It used to be called the Pilton Festival, uh, but it got renamed about 30-odd years ago to the Glastonbury Festival. And, and do, does the festival itself have much of an impact on Glastonbury? Are you very aware of an increase in numbers around the place? Today, being Wednesday, uh, we're almost gridlocked around the area until everybody arrives. And then again on Friday, when those that have been working through the week come to the festival. And then on Monday, we can't go anywhere uh, again, because everybody's leaving at the same time, 250,000 people. Imagine that, all on just a few rural roads. Mm-hmm. And and then the following week, we, we certainly have an impact because those that have had a great time and haven't really got anywhere that they need to rush home for, they'll come and pitch up tents all over Glastonbury until it rains, and then, it, then everybody disappears. <laughs> but over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, this town is like a ghost town. There is nobody here. The shops are shut because uh, many of the locals are involved in the festival and anybody who should be in the festival is already there. Ah, oh, how interesting. So, uh, and would many people who are resident normally in Glastonbury can leave for this weekend? Uh, yes, uh, many people go the opposite way if they're not involved in the festival and, and shopkeepers realise that there's no, no point in being open at all. Really. There's no business here on the Saturday and Sunday whatsoever. Ah, oh, so it's... Do, do, do some people kind of resent that in a way in, the, in that, you know, their livelihood, or at least for a couple of days, their livelihood has been taken from them? I don't think so, really, because as I said earlier, uh, people then flock into the town next week. So it kind of makes up for the business that they lost over the weekend. Mm. And you can't fight the festival. You know, this is the biggest festival probably in the world. Uh, and um, it's, it's, it's world-renowned. It's got great people coming to, to visit and so I think there's an acceptance now after 50 years of this festival that this is what happens at this time of year. Yeah, and I suppose people you know, have got used to knowing what to do and, and, and preparing for all that. Can you hear yeah. the music in, in Oh, Milton yeah, you from, can. Yeah? So my, my house, uh, which is where I'm speaking from at the minute, is nine miles, literally, door to door from the festival. And on a good, clear night, Uh, I can hear all sorts of bands playing and you can see the lights as well because uh, the amount of uh, lighting that is needed both for the the bands and also, of course, for the safety of people walking them out. 
uh, lights the sky. So you're very aware the festival's on, even from a distance. Yeah, have you been to the festival? I go every year. Um, so I will be going tomorrow until Sunday. Uh, the Evis family who run this festival, they very kindly give me and my wife a ticket. Uh, and my remit is to wander around the festival for four days wearing my dog collar. Uh, and I have a festive hat and a festive um, uh, clergy shirt. And I chat and talk with people uh, all over the site for the four days. It's an amazing experience. Ah, and w- would people seek you out? Uh, seeking out, probably not the right way to put it, but certainly, as I've said in uh, earlier interviews, when I sit down at a coffee bar or in a bar and then see the dog collar, it instantly starts all sorts of conversations. Uh, and that's very moving. And people often will ask for a prayer or even a blessing. Ah, what, when you say all sorts of conversations, what kinds of conversations? Well, you hear conversations uh, of, of, well, I'll give you an example of a conversation. Last year, I was sat down at a coffee bar on the middle of, in the middle of the site, and two young people were sat there, had a conversation about bands, first of all, realised that I was a local priest, and told me this very moving story that they'd been living uh, in, in a home looking after their aunt for two years. And just going out occasionally, their aunt had died just before the festival. Uh, And I ended up um, saying a prayer with them and giving them a blessing. And it was it was a very moving 45 minutes uh, during the festival, both for me and for them. Mm -hmm. On another occasion, two people come up very excited, see my dog collar. We've just got engaged. Can you marry us? Sadly, the Church of England doesn't quite work like that. But um, so you get all sorts of different stories, don't you? Yeah, and and is it very striking? I've never been to Glastonbury, but is it striking that it's not just young people, it's people of all sorts of ages who are there? It is, and, and of course the bands reflect that. So, you know, we've got a lot of 1980s bands uh, coming this year. Uh, I'm a great fan, for example, of Elton John, and he's uh, giving his farewell concert on the Sunday night. I shall certainly be there listening to him. So it is literally all ages. People in pushchairs, along to those who are in their sort of 70s and 80s. People who have been coming for 50 years. It's quite incredible. All walks of life as well. Yeah. Is it easy then for you when you're, you know, when you're finished your day at Glastonbury to get, or uh, <laughs> at the festival to get back to Glastonbury? I assume there's some sort of shuttle service going. There is a shuttle service, but I'm very fortunate. Uh, I have a little pass that allows me to go through the village uh, so I, I can come home every night and go back again the following morning. But there's a shuttle bus about every 15 minutes throughout the whole event. Quite incredible from here uh, to, to the site and back. You have the most VIP of all the VIP tickets to Glastonbury. It, it sounds great, doesn't it? It sounds great, yeah. I, I, I absolutely love this. Uh, and I can't wait for it to start properly on Friday, even though I'm going tomorrow. Well, David, I hope you enjoy yourself there. Uh, that was David McKeogh there, the vicar of Glastonbury. David, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.